0: You're listening to Autumn on the Air, the weekly podcast that brings you conversations about the impact of research commercialization and the people who make it happen. Join us for interviews with patent and licensing professionals, innovators, entrepreneurs, and tech transfer leaders on the issues and trends that matter most. Keep listening for an inside track on the people, IP policies, and politics changing our world.
1: Autumn's annual licensing activity survey polls U.S. universities, hospitals, and other research institutions about metrics related to technology transfer. With three decades of collected metrics, the survey provides the definitive benchmark for measuring the impact of academic research innovation. The 2021 licensing survey, which was just released this week, is available for purchase through the Autumn website. Thank you to Elsevier and the Canada Foundation for Innovation for sponsoring this year's licensing survey. Without their generous support, this survey would not be possible. Today, I'm joined by John Miner, Chair of the Metrics and Surveys Portfolio and Assistant Director in the Office of Technology Transfer at the University of Central Florida. John manages intellectual property portfolios and secures intellectual property rights within the physical sciences, building and maintaining relationships with faculty and student inventors, as well as industry partners and entrepreneurs. He holds a Bachelor of Arts in Organization Communications and a Master of Science in Research Administration from UCF. John has been working on the Autumn Surveys as a volunteer since he became a member in 1999, starting with the Salary Survey. He has worked on each salary survey since then. John expanded his survey work to include the Licensing Survey a few years ago, eventually becoming the chair of the Metrics and Surveys Committee. Welcome, John. I'm so happy to have you here on the air. Uh, hey, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on the show today. And to kick things off, I'm curious to know how you became involved with the licensing survey. Have you always been a numbers guy?
0: Um. Well not so much a numbers guy. Uh, I love data. I love trends. And quite frankly, I love charts. That's really where he my love this kind of comes. I do. I love, I love what they can tell you. You know, you can get down to something and, and, you know, you don't have to get, you know, I don't have to be a statistics nerd, so to speak, but you can still understand the concept. So that's what really drew me in. But, um, no, I started doing the surveys at autumn, uh, my first year ever when I volunteered I joined Autumn in 1999 as a student. I was still an undergrad, and um, they were uh, just starting the salary survey. Uh, they had re- they had just started it, and it was with um, Dana Bostrom and Ashley Stevens. And so I thought, well, that sounds interesting. I mean, if I was going to do this as a career, maybe I should know how much this career pays. <laughs> and so I participated in that first uh, salary survey, and then. I kept doing them after that. And, you know, eventually I took over uh, the the survey for salary. Um, And then a few years ago, uh, I started working more closely with um, Reagan Robertson, who was the last chair of the metrics committee. Um, He, he, uh, you know, sort of pegged me for the next committee chair and uh, asked me to start helping on the licensing survey. Um, I've been a a longtime user, you know, sort of first time editor, if you will, um, because that was one of my roles here in my my day job was, you know, filling out the licensing survey. So I feel like I have about 20 years of licensing survey experience as the user. And then uh, the last few years I've been working on it, you know, editing and publishing. So that's how it all kind of came to be.
1: And that's pretty impressive that it, you joined Autumn as a student and right away you, you jumped in and volunteered and, and you joined to work on the survey.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I it was, I mean, this is my, was my first professional job, so to speak. And I had never been to a conference before. Um, it was New Orleans in 1999. and And I was so impressed with just Autumn in general and everything I learned from that. I mean, it was just like, firehose of information and just how everyone was so cool and so nice. And, you know, I got to meet people from universities in my state, other, you know, all over America, the world. And um, yeah, it just made a huge impression on me. And I just was like, wow, I can learn so much from all these folks. And yeah, since then, I've been ride or die for Autumn.
1: That's a great story. So let's let's turn back uh, to the survey a little bit more. And I think when most of us think about a survey, we think about being asked to provide feedback on a product or service. But the Autumn Licensing Activity Survey is a little bit more involved than rating your typical Starbucks experience on a scale of one to five. Tell me a little bit about who takes this survey and the kind of questions they're asked.
0: Sure. Sure. So, you know, the, you know, this is really geared towards anyone in tech transfer, but really from like the academic federal lab research side of the house. You know, we're not so much interested in the like statistics from Lockheed Martin per se, but we want to know what's happening in, in universities, research labs, hospitals, uh, federal labs, that type of, um, you know, a, a member or user, if you will, for, from the autumn perspective. And and really, the questions that we're asking, this is the, the nitty-gritty of tech transfer. You know, all the normal statistics, uh, you know, how many patents are you uh, applying for? How many are issued? Disclosures, research expenditures, licensing income, reimbursements. I mean, we try to track just about every metric that's um, of importance uh, to the individual office, but then sort of like the holistic overall view, right? Like what does the industry need to know or you know, where the trends are going? So that's, those are really what the questions are about and, and who it's for.
1: Now, as a tech transfer professional and, and longtime auto member, I'm sure you're very familiar with the fact that most people outside the field really don't understand what tech transfer is and even why it's important. So how do the findings of the licensing survey help in telling the tech transfer story?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, to me, it, it sort of frames it, right? This puts it in the perspective that it, you don't necessarily see if you just focus on a technology or a specific school, right? This, is, this will help you understand the totality of what we all do and how we're all sort of pulling in the same direction. Because, you know, you could be an ag school in a real rural part of the South, and you may not feel connected to an MIT or a Stanford but we are all pulling in the same direction, and I think it's important to realize that we're all part of this larger kind of movement, if you will, right? So, um, you know, I, I think that that's really the benefit of this. this. This helps frame it, and it puts it in the terms that I think most people understand. You know, I like to um, – when I first got into this job, you know, I had someone say to me, you need to be able to explain technology like you're talking to your nana right? If your Nana, your grandmother can understand what you're talking about, then you're doing a good job. And, and I really feel like that is apropos to the survey. You know, um, you know, my Nana may not understand, you know, genomics uh, per se, but she understands like how important it is to find cures for diseases or, you know, the wow. impact that research can have when we're talking about, you know, eradicating, you know, diseases or, or you know, improving telecom or, or what have you. So as long as you can frame it, in, I think, a, a larger picture, if you will, like just to let people see, number one, how much of this is going on. I don't think a lot of people understand what happens at a university, right? They think, oh, you're pumping students out, there's some faculty, but they don't necessarily understand that this is a place of innovation and that actual products are coming out and like meaningful products are coming out. So, you know, this, and I would also, you know, shout out to the Better World Project, right? Because that's a great tool that kind of goes hand in hand with the autumn uh, licensing survey to give you some of those individual um, stories of like, you know, meaningful technologies. But this really helps you see that like, wow, we're talking, you know, $80 billion in research, right? I mean, huge numbers that are just, they're kind of mind boggling when you put it all together.
1: It sounds like the way you're describing it, it, it's a way, the licensing survey is a way to quantify the impact of tech transfer in a way that the public can understand.
0: Yeah, 100%, 100%. Because again, I, I think it's just important, like communication, I mean, when you're talking about a huge organization, right? I'm in a large university, you know, communicating to the the, the community and the shareholders can kind of get lost sometimes, you know, maybe there's a big football school or, you know, there's the, there's just a lot of moving parts at a university. And, and sometimes I think like tech transfer could maybe get lost in the noise. And but when you see it at this level and you see the impact that this can have on not just a national scale, but on a global scale, and you see how many um, countries are now investing in tech transfer, they're, they're, they're bringing up their own organizations in the developing worlds and stuff. It's um, it's impressive.
1: Well, John, I think we all know it's human nature to want to compare ourselves to others. So I imagine many tech transfer professionals like to use the licensing survey data to see how their institution matches up against the top performers, as well as against their peers. How valuable is it for tech transfer offices to have that kind of benchmarking tool?
0: Well, I think, you know, personally, I think it's it's critical, right? I mean, I'll, I'll throw out that uh, Isaac Newton quote, right, about, you know, if I've seen further, it's because I'm standing on the shoulder of giants. You know, I, I think that this survey can be used to help, number one, you know, you're lifting all boats when you're sharing this data, right? And, you know, me, you know, I, I again, I've been in this particular institution uh, for o- over 20 years, and when we started, I was the only employee, right? And when you're talking about, you know, 10 disclosures a year versus someone who's pulling in hundreds of disclosures a year, you know, you don't feel like you're, you're connected, but when you use this data and you can, especially with the power of the stat database, right. You can pin down exactly who are your peers, right. It's not just geographical, but you know, am I an ag school? Am I an HBCU? You know, what's my, Research expenditures versus someone else. Like, now I think it's important that you identify both your peers, but your aspirational peers. Like, yeah, if I want to, you know, bring deals like Stanford and MIT, uh, well, how do they do it? And a lot of this can be, uh, you know, accomplished through the data, right? You can get a lot of these answers and figure out some of the best practices uh, without necessarily having to interview every single tech transfer office. Um, So, I I think it's really powerful. um, You know, you get these long term data sets. You know, it's rare to see this type of continuity, I think, in a survey where you can go back to the 90s and, you know, the early 90s to see what these trends are. Because in our time, uh, you know, in, in the tech transfer, you know, last 20 years, we've seen so many, you know, ups and downs, whether it's, you know, the startup boom and bust, you know, you're seeing, you know, just the revenue, the, the the research funding. So there's all sorts of trends that move, you know, independent of each other, so to speak. But, you know, when you look at it in the totality, you know, you get a better idea of like, well, am I spending too much on, you know, foreign filings versus my peers? You know, how can I get better, you know, patent reimbursements? Um, and, you know, that's important. But I think, One other thing that's a benefit of this is that you're not just using this tool to compare yourselves, but you're able to to toot your own horn, right? Because half of what we do is about our own publicity within the institution as well as outside to shareholders and stakeholders, right? I need to be able to go to my VPR and say, hey, you know, we're doing fantastic. We're, you know, compared to our peers, we're getting tons of reimbursements uh, on our patent expenses, and we're doing great on, you know, patent issuances, you know, can I improve in this area? Yeah, maybe, but, you know, you're, you're able to use this tool to, to, you know, really help, I think, you know, spread the word internally to the, the important administrators, but externally you can, you know, use it to find other institutions that you match well with, make better connections with them, and maybe learn something from them.
1: Curious um I've never taken the licensing survey. I'm a patent attorney, so not likely to happen anytime soon but I'm curious how many different <laughs> metrics do you measure in the licensing survey?
0: Oh wow, it's a lot I, I don't I don't think I could I don't think I could give you the exact number, but it's like at least 20, 30 different metric points. you know we have something we call like the big six um, and it's like you know we want to know research expenditures, issued patents. Um, you know, licensing income, like some of those like really baseline numbers that almost everyone is gonna have. You know, we get into some really um, you know, specific areas when we talk about well, like new products, how many startups are in your area, you know, where are they small companies, large companies that are doing the licenses? So we can get very, very nuanced and very detailed with some of this data. Um, but again, it's it's I think it's not necessarily more is better, but there's you know we have a lot of moving parts here and and certain things are just you know valuable to know uh, across the board
1: so John, you mentioned about looking at trends and looking at how metrics change over time and you alluded to this stat database. can you tell us a little bit more about that database and and how exactly that allows you to look at these trends and how these metrics change over time?
0: Yeah sure so stat is a, a great tool you know. Uh, In the old days of autumn, you know, they would print out the survey and you would basically have to do this yourself, right? You'd have to create Excel tabs or, you know, you'd have to try to import this from a PDF and and try to do these things, you know, that way. When STAT came about, it it became so much easier to actually use and digest the data, you know, to pick institutions by state, you know, or compare by uh, research size. You can sort and and it, it's just it's it's an incredibly powerful tool I think and I'm I'm extremely glad that autumn uh, has has gone in that direction because this industry in particular tech transfer relies a lot on sort of the the early I'm gonna call them the the early pioneers right we have a lot of institutional knowledge and legacy knowledge that. I think would be lost otherwise, right? Like there's people like, again, I'm gonna call out Ashley Stevens, right? Because the man is, he's been around forever in autumn. He's been, he's touched everything and he has such a great grasp of all of it. But there aren't, you know, there's there's only one Ashley Stevens. We don't, we can't all be Ashley Stevens. And so to be able to have this tool um, where I can digest data, I can run it how I wanna run it, It just becomes, I think, really important. And again, like I said, I mean, this is a uh, a, a, you can look at over all of our history. I mean, you can see the growth of the survey. You know, where the you know the first surveys weren't that you know well responded to. You know, comparative to where we are today, and um, you know you see the growth of these different institutions. And now it's a fantastic tool, and 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 I really like uh, that you can just get into it and use it. It's really intuitive.
1: And how many responses do you get to the licensing survey?
0: Well, uh, several hundred, huh? you know, we send it out to just about every institution, uh, whether they're a member or not, we, we try to include them. Um, you know, it fluctuates, I would say, year to year, just because um, And this last year was, uh, I'd say, kind of a challenge for us because, you know, you can read the report and see there was a huge, you know, or I'll say a, a very noticeable uh, decline in the employment numbers. Um, we've lost, you know, almost 20% of the of the staffing at tech transfer offices. So, you know, consequently, you know, you'll have directors leave positions, change, retire, and you know, maybe their contact information wasn't updated, and we didn't get a response from an institution one year. So, you know, one of my goals moving forward is to make sure that number one, we're getting all the institutions that want to report are getting an opportunity to report um, that we're keeping you know track and tabs on all of the members so that we can get answers um, you know this is not an easy survey right I'll be the first to admit I'm, I'm a user I've, I've done it for years there's a lot of data that we're collecting and we're pulling a lot of data and um, you know so it, it takes time it takes effort and you know sometimes you know the office is crazy and you don't have time to Put it down like that. And, um, you know, so those are some of the challenges sometimes that we, we have to deal with with the survey. But um, I, I think it's like I said, it's critical. I mean, I think it's of, of great importance. And again, the more respondents that we can get, the more institutions that participate, the better the data is for everyone. You know, you get a, just a cleaner, clearer picture of, of what's really happening.
1: And I assume anybody who's listening to this podcast who's at an institution that maybe didn't get a survey or is interested in participating, they can reach out to you directly to be included for next year's survey.
0: a hundred percent and uh, at the upcoming annual uh, conference, uh, I will be at the autumn booth we're going to be um, you know, not only discussing the survey uh, and taking, you know, questions and comments, but we're going to be updating contact lists on the fly. So if you come in and say, hey, that guy's been retired for years, I'm the new director. Great. We're going to put it right in right then. And we're going to make sure that the, you know, the the reach is is getting out there. That's my main goal. I want to see as many respondents as possible for this survey and and future surveys.
1: Yeah, and John, I wanted to turn back to the data a little bit, and I think people whose works related to research know all too well that almost all data has some limitations that need to be considered when doing an analysis, and certainly this is quite a complex analysis. What's the best way for the licensing survey users to make meaningful comparisons between institutions or time periods?
0: Uh, You have to really find comparisons that make sense for your institution. I I think this is a very, you know, almost individualized kind of aspect of this. Like you need to find normalization, right? You can't, again, it doesn't make sense to compare an ag school or a land grant school with a, you know, predominantly uh, you know, urban city school, right? Um, you know, I can't compare to someone who's got a billion dollars in research expenditures if I'm only barely getting a hundred million in research expenditures. So finding that like sort of normalization um, using things like the herd uh, data, uh, which you know can provide a good foundation um, from like a research expenditure side and sort of normalizing data off of that. Um, you know, and then I also think you got to compare across multiple fields. Because if you just look at again in, in a total aggregate manner, you may not be seeing where you are doing well, and again it fluctuates. You know, some years you may be better in this area or worse in this area, but I think you, you almost got to do that uh, sort of like the Moneyball, the, the 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 movie, right? You got to look at the numbers behind this, and it has to make sense. You can't necessarily just go with you know, the emotional side of tech transfer, where you, you hear a faculty member, you know, pitching a technology that could cure cancer, solve the world energy problems, that kind of thing. And those are all great. and We all want that. But you kind of have to also look at the numbers. I don't know many offices that have a budget that would support infinite patent filings. Uh, Most
1: corporations don't have that either.
0: Exactly. There you go. Right. So um, you know, you have to be mindful, right? And again, I'm a, I'm at a state. I'm a I'm a public institution. You know, I have a responsibility to the state and and the taxpayers. I I can't just be throwing money on you know worldwide patent filings for uh, you know some of these things. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I like the that movie Moneyball for that reason. You gotta and you know, again, I think this is a positive when you look at a small office, right? Uh, you maybe you only have a couple of employees. You don't have a huge budget. You need to chase that data and see like, well, where, you know, where are our strengths? What do we need to be aware of? Where can we make the best ground up? So um, I think that's, that's important. And then I, I will also maybe add, it, it's important to figure out from your organization, like, what do you care about, right? Like, are you a service over profit center? Are you only concerned about startups or, you know, the growth of your patent portfolio? Do you only care about how much royalties you're bringing in? I mean, so finding the meaning, I think uh, there's an author, Guy Kawasaki, right? You know, he's all about find the meaning and then the money will find its you know, way to you. But if you're just chasing the money, you're going to have a hard time because you probably won't get the money and you're not going to find the meaning in what you're doing. So, uh, you know, I, I, I look at it that way. What's important to you align your goals with that and then use the data to like make your case along those lines.
1: Well, John, you mentioned earlier that you've worked on this survey for a really long time and it's hard to believe that the licensing survey has been around for three decades, which I think makes it a member of the millennial generation if I'm not incorrect there. So how would you say the survey has changed during its lifetime? Do certain metrics go in and out out of fashion, so to speak. Yeah.
0: And it's definitely changed. You know, I, I am, I'm just the latest caretaker, right? So there's, like I said, many other people before me who have, you know, been running this and, and sort of keeping it uh, going. Right. Um, So certainly it's changed over time with added uh, questions, with removed questions um, you know, the number of respondents grows, you know, we're, you're seeing, Well, and then, you know, plus a lot of people are using this now, right? I mean, this becomes an important tool. So now more people are looking at it. So that's, you know, some of the basic ways I think it's changed. But certainly I've seen, um, you know, the changes in certain areas like startups, right? There was a a period of time when, boy, startups was all anyone was concerned about. How many companies are you spinning out of your university? You know, do your incubators up and running? I mean... Uh, then it kind of died down a little bit because people realized well it's not maybe all about startups maybe it's about other things right so um yeah we've definitely changed it over time um you know we've recently we've added uh some uh, different questions about uh, gender we've removed questions about um like reimbursements like there was a, a kind of a weird question about uh you know, your licensee paying legal fees to the attorneys and like, do you track that? It was a very, you know, lightly responded to question. So we just, and we weren't getting a lot of data, good, like meaningful data out of it. Uh, So we took that out, you know, and it's, you know, we want to be mindful of this survey, right? Like it can't just grow infinitely. I mean, uh, so you have to be, you know, sort of careful about how much you're adding to it, um, you know, certain things just aren't ever going to go away. Like, we always want to know, like, what's your royalties? You know, how many patents? Um, but there's, you know, certain things that we can, you know, we can tweak and we can add, and it's certainly been, you know, modified over, over time.
1: John, you mentioned about adding and taking away questions. You mentioned adding a uh, gender specific question. What's the process like for adding or taking out a question?
0: Right. So, in, you know we have committees right we take obviously uh comments from the uh, autumn membership and we try our best to address everyone's concerns um but the process is really you know kind of simple uh shoot us a note join the committee uh participate as a volunteer with autumn um uh but like you know in the last couple years and, and one thing that we do with the the licensing survey which is i think really nice is that we have a supplemental section at the end, and those supplemental questions change just about every year. Um, sometimes we get such a good response rate that we it transitions over to be a permanent question, right? We have asked in the past about well, how many interinstitutionals do you do? We got a lot of responses, so we put that in there now. Um, you know, for people, um, you know, there's been obviously a lot of attention. Um, on EDI initiatives and and looking at diversity and inclusion and equity. Uh, So we wanted to um, address that and add a question about, you know, are you tracking, um, you know, the genders of your inventors, right? Um, And unfortunately, I'll just say, you know, for this latest survey, uh, about 90 plus percent of the institutions that responded are not tracking that type of data, right? So, There's some interesting responses that we get, um, but, you know, we are trying to, you know, add things that people want to hear about, uh, meaningful things, right? I mean, you know, uh, like there was a bunch of, we had questions about COVID when we did the uh, surveys during the COVID time, right? Uh, Asking about staffing and, um, you know, working remote and all that. And, you know, those questions don't have to come back. I mean, we've we've done it, we've, we've seen it. I mean, the landscape has changed dramatically. uh, And this year's survey, you'll see there was some pretty uh, steep declines in the staffing uh, rates for a lot of these offices, almost 20%, uh, which is a huge drop. We've never seen that kind of drop. Uh, Usually it's always been increases, right? You know, we've added a couple. But this last year, you know, we're starting to see, um, you know, or at least for the 2021 data, it'll be interesting to see if 2022... Uh, which we're going to be launching here uh, this month. It'll be open by the time the annual conference comes around. Um, you know, we're adjusting the timeframes as well. We're we're trying to bring this thing back to a, a a little bit sooner in the calendar year so that we can get the data out uh, sooner to the members. So it's a little bit more meaningful, a little bit more impactful. Um, but you know, that's that's generally how we do it. We we want to we want to hear from the members. I, I you know we want to know what they're thinking about and where their concerns are. And we'll, we'll react to that. We'll add questions based on those. And, um, you know, as long as it makes sense and, and it could be of value to people. Yeah, we want to we want to track that data.
1: Well, John, thanks so much for joining us today for an insightful discussion on the Autumn Licensing Survey. It was truly enlightening to hear your perspective on the industry and the survey's findings.
0: So oh, thank you very much, Lisa.
1: For our listeners, I hope you found today's conversation as informative and interesting as we did. We encourage you to check out the Autumn website for more information about the survey and other resources on tech transfer. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with another exciting guest and topic.
0: Thanks for listening to Autumn on the Air with Lisa Mueller. Get social with us and share your thoughts. You can tweet us at AUTM or visit us online at AUTM.net. We'll be back next week on the air. Be sure to join us.
1: New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the
0: global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business
1: development, corporate engagement, or startups. Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll
0: receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and align on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.